Hello, and welcome to episode 199, all about masculinity in Lord of the Rings, aka the Faramir TED Talk, being the 199th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I've been experiencing the world of Tolkien for the first time, and right now I'm doing whatever I want to, including spending over an hour and a half talking about Faramir. I mean, and also his terrible father and okayish brother. This was supposed to be the second half of one episode, and it turned into its own episode in and of itself, because both Emily and I, surprise, Emily is joining us once again, have very passionate feelings and thoughts about Faramir. And we want you to hear them all. So that's what this is. Enjoy. All right. And now we are joined once again by Silmar Emily. What? Wasn't she just on here for Lego Lord of the Rings? Um, yes. Uh, do I care? No. <laughs> I don't We're care. I'm back. so excited. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yes. So the, the reason I'm bringing you back on so soon is because... You you are you and I are on the same wavelength <laughs> for a lot of things regarding our precious cinnamon roll boy Faramir. Best. And I was like, I cannot imagine having this conversation with anyone else. <laughs> we'll get the elephant uh I'll, I'll what is it? Elephant in the room. Mm-hmm, That's it. Mm-hmm. Elephant in the room out of the way. A woman, two women talking about <laughs> masculinity. Yes, absolutely. Um, Did I bring on someone who's probably going to agree with the majority of what I'm saying? Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do I care about either of those things? No, it's my podcast. I can do what I want. (laughs) Can I just say, though, what an honor it is to be recognized as somebody who loves Faramir? Like, if that's the only thing I'm ever known for in my entire life, I am satisfied. (laughs) I just remember, like, uh, around the time that I was reaching out to you about the Silmarillion. You had like just posted stuff about Faramir. Uh-huh. And I was like, this girl gets it. Every <laughs> once in a while, I like sprinkle in because I feel like people kind of forget about him. And you see a lot of hype for a lot of other characters. And so every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I just need to talk about how much I love Faramir. The world yes, needs to be yes. reminded. I, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> so so this conversation of two women talking about men um, will not even be a drop in the bucket for all the conversations that men have had about women. So Mm-mm. before you go to leave that comment somewhere, mm-hmm. just consider that. This has been kind of a long time coming because I have, I'll say... I've threatened to give a TED Talk about Faramir. I have too. (laughs) For for multiple years. Mm -hmm. The first half of this episode, which was a lovely conversation, very fun that I had with Don. We talked about Aragorn. We talked about Sam, our sweet boys. Uh, It was very like loosey-goosey. I kind of just wrote down a few loose points. (laughs) This one, I wrote down three pages of notes. I have Mm -hmm. quotations pulled in here. Um, And I don't want people to think that, oh, she just didn't care about the first half or she was late. I I mean, I also was lazy, but (laughs) (laughs) I think it just goes to show how deeply invested I am in what we're going to discuss. And this is, again, like I said, it's going to be more quote unquote structured just because I kind of have this this thesis statement, Mm -hmm. if you will, that like if I was writing, this would be like a really 
cool topic to write about if I was still in college and I was uh-huh. still smart, you know? I wish <laughs> I had found a way to incorporate Tolkien and Lord of the Rings more in my college essays. Like, I think I, I, think I could have done it. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I had thought yeah, to do definitely. it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I think, like, I think I would have branched out into taking different kinds of classes, too, if I had been introduced to Lord of the Rings mm. earlier than this. But then again, I wouldn't be doing this. We wouldn't be having this conversation right. if, I, if I had been exactly. uh, introduced to Lord of the Rings. All works then, out so. the way it's supposed to. Yes, exactly. So this general theme of the TED Talk is that when you examine the the three men the 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 they don't have last names so i can't be like the blank family oh, you know good, yeah <laughs> the the theme of this ted talk is that the steward of gondor family denethor and his two sons boromir and faramir hmm. within them we see uh, a range of representations of masculinity and how that is portrayed in these three characters and in this essay I will argue that (laughs) toxic masculinity is punished and positive masculinity is rewarded Mm. um, as evidenced by the fact that Denethor and Boromir are dead at the end of the Uh, events of Return uh, of the King and Faramir is not. (laughs) Which I feel like is, I feel like there's like a disclaimer that I always give when I talk about toxic masculinity, which is the fact that everybody loses. Like it's not like a, oh, women complain about masculinity kind of thing. It's like the stuff that when we say toxic masculinity, the stuff that is surrounded by and supported by that is stuff that harms men just as much. It har- it's it's harmful for everyone right. and that's why it's important to discuss yes. and and recognize that when you hold uh I think like as as we see happens with Denethor's story and Boromir's story mm-hmm. that when you hold yourself to these very tight constraints mm-hmm. of who you are supposed to be and how you are supposed to act and uh and the, the like expectations of the world on those things um, it's extremely limiting and painful, and I, I think that like, uh, what's his name? Tolkien, the <laughs> author. I think that Tolkien was very he he was very aware that there are more positive ways. There are there's more to being a man mm-hmm. than just being a strong soldier and right. king, and like you know. Kudos to him for yeah, going into these topics. Weirdly ahead of his time for that. That is yeah, that for, is a in a time take where we like don't see the often. idea of the traditional man was <laughs> yeah. so superfluous. I guess is that the word I was looking for? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's like a surprising outlook to come out of that era in the world. Like you mm-hmm. always see like toxic men nowadays being like, oh, we should revert back to traditional, you know, values and like. Tolkien back then in those traditional values was writing stuff like this, which I think mm-hmm. is, like I said, weirdly uh, unintentionally ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the thing is I think it was uh, un- I think a lot of what he did was very unintentional. Oh, absolutely. He didn't sit down and be like, I'm going to write this really feminist, uh, uh, like progressive Manifesto. story. <laughs> yeah, like he <laughs> did not sit. That was not his intention. But it's kind of funny how it's 
I think you mentioned that in your episode about all of the like women of Tolkien, where it's like he didn't intentionally write strong, good women. It just so happened that in his in his writing, it it ended up being that way. Like yeah, yeah, just because of of him and his experiences. It wasn't like this mm-hmm. thing he set out to do. I guess yeah. I want to add a huge disclaimer at the start of this conversation that I'm not setting out to say that like Boromir represents toxic masculinity and Faramir Faramir does represent positive masculinity. Mm -hmm. That part is true. Right. But I'm not here to like belittle Boromir and like boil him down to this like one bad moment that happens. No, we all know know Boromir is also an underrated, very complex misunderstood oftentimes character yes and i think yeah i'll 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 get more into into boromir because i think i've really had i've had like an emotional journey with boromir over the (laughs) course of this podcast we all have (laughs) like i feel like everybody goes through an emotional conflicting journey with boromir yeah Another, I guess, disclaimer that like I kind of just disagree with, but I'm adding it because I don't know, maybe you have extra thoughts on it. Um, I'm seeing more and more often that people are people complain that the movie is like grossly I knew where this is going to Denethor. (laughs) And like they got everything wrong. He was just a man trying his best and I, I'm interested to hear like why people think that because the way I see it and especially after reading the appendices and learning more about Denethor and like who he was in his younger years before his wife died, after his wife died, I'm like, he seems to me like a, a very proud, a very proud, somewhat um, conceited man who had multiple points in his life where he could have made better choices and didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of retreated within himself mm-hmm. instead. Uh, and so I, I, yes, I, the movies exaggerated a lot of, of like his negative qualities because it's a movie. They have to make yes. those kinds of choices, mm-hmm. but I don't think that, it was a wild, gross misrepresentation of what he was right. like in the books. I think I think the thing that I hear people talk about most is the fact that he had one of the Palantir and he was fighting this battle and the Palantir was, you know, slowly corrupting him. So I think a lot of people point to the fact that the movies kind of make it seem like Denethor was... Uh, like ignoring this problem the whole time and that he was just being like a nasty man just for the heck of it. And so people, I think, point to the Palantir kind of corrupting him and also like the fact that he does have the Palantir and is like kind of being uh, instructed or I don't know, like he he is Mm -hmm. kind of being influenced by it for so long, um, pointing to the fact that makes him very strong and kind of... I don't know. That's the argument that I've heard that people kind of say as a reason why the movies did Denethor dirty and he's not as bad in the book, which I mean, I do see, but that's nice because I'm like, I just think that's like, anyway, anyway. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I do see. I do see what they're saying. I do like understand that like, okay, yes he probably was a better 
uh, at least military commander. Like he he didn't mm-hmm. just completely disregard the Sauron problem. Like he was doing something about it. Um, and he was supposedly kind of like a like a brilliant strat- strategist. Is that how you say it? Strategist strategist. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the points that I have seen laid out before, and I'm like, yeah, I do get it. But also the whole conversation about him wishing it was Faramir instead of yeah there's Vormir. that still happens like, bro like um, he still says that yeah yeah so yeah. i don't know i get that i get the defense but i also i'm like why are you defending Denethor? Yeah, like, i understand like, we don't need we, to we defend know, denethor we don't we need to defend him, him. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with denethor uh the patriarch um and the you know current leader of gondor when we are in the story of Lord of the Rings. So we learn in the appendices that Aragorn was in Gondor for a while during his ranger days uh, as Throngil. In this time, he was nothing but a bro. He was going around doing really cool stuff for Gondor and Rohan. It seemed that he was uh, on good terms with Denethor's father, the uh, steward at the time. Um, and it mentions that when he decides to leave, that everyone was upset at his departure, except for Denethor. Mm. <laughs> so we've got these early, early signs. Yes. And it's kind of like, I think it's so interesting the way that it talks about this, because it just says like, it is thought, it is discussed later on, like in hindsight, we think this, so Mm. we don't exactly know what the nature of like Denethor's relationship was with Throngil and like his impressions of him and vice versa, but it's basically inferred that uh, Denethor thought that his father favored Throngil and kind of started to see him as a rival uh, and that he left Gondor because he was like, I'm not going to stick around. Like, Denethor does not like me. I'm not going to wait here and stick around until he's steward. Right. I'm going to leave while I'm still on good terms with the current steward. Yeah. And... Denethor basically sees, you know, it's implied that Denethor views Throngil as a threat. And especially later on when he learns that this is actually Aragorn, the, you know, supposed true king of Gondor, he absolutely sees that as a threat to a threat to him, a threat to uh his rule over Gondor and Minas Tirith. And it's it's never necessarily said outright that like Denethor believes that he should be the real ruler or that like he wants to be ruling over Gondor and you know and that he wants to be the king or anything but a lot of this like contextually when you put it all together it very much reads that Denethor has this this desire for power Mm. and he has it and when someone shows up to potentially contest it yeah he kind of spirals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also super interesting in the first description that it gives us of Denethor. So it says he's a proud man, tall, valiant, more kingly than any man that had appeared in Gondor. I think that's so interesting that he's the steward and it says kingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is, he has an air about him that he wants to be king. Yes. 
And he does have at least the, I mean, he kind of ha- does have like the bloodline claim as he comes from this long line of stewards. So he, yes. he is kind of technically, at least, I mean, I feel like one of like these these families in Gondor that can trace lineage back to, you know, these great men of Numenor. I feel like that probably has kind of been bred out everywhere else. So I feel like even though he's not the king, he does kind of still have this, you know, long line of stewards, Numenorean kind of men of westerness vibe mm-hmm. about him, even if he isn't the king. It's it's kind of all these people know. It's like they've had stewards forever and they're kind of the the last like oh, we can kind of trace our lines back, regal, regal people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also important to note, I think, uh, Throngil advises Ecthelion to not trust Saruman and instead to trust Gandalf. Interesting. And, Denith- and Denethor, di- it doesn't exactly say why Denethor doesn't, like, never liked Gandalf. I believe the exact words is there was little love be- like between Denethor mm-hmm. and Gandalf. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that like at that point, that was just like one more notch against Throngil for Denethor that yep. he was like, oh, he's telling us to trust Gandalf. Well, now I really hate him. <laughs> yep. So when uh, he so he becomes steward uh, and it sounds like he was a pretty like decent night like nice husband nice father nice leader in in the beginning (laughs) um he has a lot of traits that i don't necessarily and i think this is also just like general blanket statement a lot of these traits that we're going to discuss between these three characters i don't think are necessarily they're not inherently bad things it's just things that like when you have like your whole identity surrounding this one thing or fixating on being this one thing, it can it's a very slippery slope to dangerous mm-hmm. thoughts and dangerous actions. Um, for example, this is one of the lines that like I I like, I don't know, guffawed or like scoffed or whatever. When I read it, it says he listened to counsel and then followed his own mind, which literally just sums up. Denethor and Boromir to an extent. Yeah. In a line. Like that's yeah. that's the the prime kind of thing that sets them apart from Faramir mm-hmm. is that they are yes. set in their ways and not willing to change. And Faramir is. Yeah. Again, this uh especially like I would say for a leader, this isn't necessarily a bad quality that they it means that they're very sure of themselves. They're confident in their choices, and those are admirable things to have in a leader. Because look at the kind of the opposite, where you have Theoden and Grima Wormtongue whispering in his ear. Obviously, you know, Saruman comes into play with that. But like, Denethor is not very easily swayed by others. And so he'll stick to his guns. And in some ways, that's at, that's an admirable trait. That he's not going to, if he thinks something is the right thing to do, he's not going to let others distract him. But the the converse of that is that he ignores the advice of others, even when it has like dire consequences. Yes. Mm-hmm. So again, yeah, it kind of sa- it sounds like he was doing pretty great uh, f- for himself uh, in his early life, but that uh, the grief of losing his wife really sent him on a mm, downward spiral. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is a trait 
that uh, we can talk about in like this lens of toxic masculinity where he is grieving, he's heartbroken. And because this like these constructs of of masculinity say that like men shouldn't cry, men shouldn't talk about their feelings, Mm. men shouldn't uh, men should be able to gain uh, control over their emotions. Right. He does not reach out to others for help. Mm. And I I say help in the sense of like help running Gondor Mm -hmm. or help just for himself. Yeah, just like friendly kind of assistance, like yeah, when you're grieving someone. Mm -hmm. And and so instead he just kind of retreats within himself. It says that he becomes very like more grim and silent Mm -hmm. in in these days after the, the death of his wife. And so this is when Instead of seeking out other people to help him, he turns to the Palantir. And so mm-hmm. this is just like the kind of, I don't know, the tip, really the tipping point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then like using the Palantir, it just becomes a vicious cycle that yeah. like he's going to become more, more grim, more. Um, he's already very mistrustful of other people of gone uh, i mean of gone of um of gandalf uh he doesn't listen to other people's advice and counsel and and so now he's you know using the palantir and that's kind of feeding off of this energy and these traits and these thoughts within him and then just like amplifying it and he is so and this is another thing that we see in boromir too that he is so prideful and uh, he he is like he is an intelligent person, but he is so prideful and believes in himself so much that he is arrogant enough to believe, oh well, I'm the exception yep. when it comes to using the palantir. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to overcome it. Mm-hmm. And this exact same thing happens with Boromir, where he's like, well, I can overcome it. <laughs> yep, exact same thing with the ring, where he's like, I'm good enough. I can, you know. I can use this and I won't be corrupted. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, obviously all of these things, uh, when left to fester over years and years, reaches a pinnacle. And then he once again is faced with this insurmountable grief when Boromir dies. Mm-hmm. He's still too proud to listen to Gandalf. He does not trust that Rohan is going to come to their aid. He does not, uh, what, all he hears, when, like when Gandalf and Pippin show up and Gandalf is like, don't say a word. And then Pippin is like, anyway, so Aragorn. <laughs> he, he, all he hears when he hears that like Aragorn is involved yeah. with them somehow. All he believes is that Aragorn is just going to kick down the door yep. and steal the throne. Yep. And he's going to lose his power because that's all that he's cared about. Yeah, I think at that point he has lost so much, and he like he's lost he's lost his wife, he's lost his son, and I think he's also lost so much of himself mm-hmm. that like the original Denethor does not. Th- there's like so there's little nothing left of him. Of him. Left, yeah, yeah, that being steward is probably like the last thing that he has oh yeah it is because he obviously doesn't care about faramir so i mean what else does he have to live for (laughs) yeah so um all of that kind of you know reaches this tipping point that he would rather he would rather trust in the palantir and what the palantir is telling him to do Mm -hmm. and take his own life and his remaining sons on his own terms than 
believe Gandalf, then believe that <laughs> aid is going right. to come, then then believe mm-hmm. the people who are telling him, don't listen to the Palantir, it's deceiving you. He yeah. he does not believe that he can be deceived, mm-hmm. and that leads to his demise. <laughs> Literally. And, and it's only because Faramir is so beloved by other people that mm-hmm. they fight to save him and it makes me wonder that like would the would like pippin and gandalf and like uh and baragond and the other guards would Mm. if it was boromir in there would they also Mm. be fighting tooth and nail or would there like was there just something a little extra about faramir that makes them be like we have to save him like maybe if they didn't like him as much would they have not fought against these orders so hard you know like what would have happened then yes and see i love that because i feel like it challenges this idea that like in order to be a like a beloved you know like a like a man that other men respect and that women want and all that Mm -hmm. stuff you have to be this like perfect masculine man who never fails when in reality it's because of faramir's failures to uphold those standards set forth by his father that makes him a a person that people like and that a person that people want to save and to have around oh so good so good (laughs) that's so great yeah totally because um i think there's especially like historically speaking there's like this idea that to be to be an effective leader you have to you have to like instill fear in the hearts of the people that you rule over you have Mm -hmm. to like be strict and domineering and stuff in order to earn their respect and fair it's all about like shows of power in in to get to gain you know respect and, and admiration and adoration so um, now shifting to Boromir, I said I've I've been with a journey with this man uh, because originally, and I still I, I there are still a lot of these thoughts when it comes to me and Boromir. <laughs> so like, don't get me wrong. Um, but uh, originally I was just very annoyed with him. I found him insufferable. Mm-hmm. Watching the movies didn't really change much of that for me because I think the movies played up a lot of these qualities and Boromir like they were really sowing those seeds especially if you Mm -hmm. watch the extended edition there are so many scenes where it's like foreshadowing what Boromir is going to do oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) I feel like they really wanted you to have that change of heart like they wanted to really kind of build up his more negative characteristics Mm. that make you kind of distrust him that way his sacrifice means more more and I feel like it makes you more of like a oh wait a second no wait why am I sad you know yeah why why of all of a sudden do I feel differently about him and it's it's not until like literally his you know dying breath that you he gets this like redemption yeah yeah Yeah, it wasn't really I, I would say like through the course of kind of like after a couple years now the story has kind of like settled more into my brain and I've talked to more people um and I would say especially after le- reading the appendices and learning of Boromir's relationship with Faramir it's really yes. changed a lot for me and you really they learn were good friends they were good yes, brothers to yeah. each other you really learned that he was at his heart a good man who in my my impression is that he's constantly torn between 
doing what I think he knows is the right choice and like the better decision and doing what he knows his father wants him to do and being like, in this case, the right choice is to do X, but I don't think that's what my father would want me to do. Mm -hmm. And being Mm -hmm. constantly in conflict with that, I would imagine throughout like growing up and growing into this, this, you know, captain of Gondor. Um, So, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, so it's when he is doing the things that he thinks Denethor would want him to do is mm-hmm. when I'm like, you're being insufferable. You're being so dumb. Yep. <laughs> you yep. need to listen to other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and again, yeah, he, he, be- the, the, the apple like doesn't fall far from the tree. And so we see these traits passed mm-hmm. on from Denethor to Boromir, where Boromir is equally as prideful, equally as stubborn, um, doesn't like to listen to others. Um, and oh, and also it's kind of implied that he, it, it says like he was much like his father, except in, uh, except in his mind. So mm. it's also kind of implied that Boromir is a little bit dumb. <laughs> like he's yeah, not nearly I, I as intelligent like he, as, as uh, Denethor and Faramir. <laughs> I feel like he lacks self-awareness that that's what that seems to me to say is that like he doesn't think he is like his father he is but he is not aware of the similarities Mm -hmm. and you know what maybe not dumb but just a little uh non unaware it's it's that he doesn't so it says he he was fearless and strong but caring little for love save the tales of old battles so he mm. places his value in fights and be like history and battles and stuff, and he just doesn't find the same value that that like Faramir mm. does in like literature, or history, yeah. or anything. And that is such a good analog to that. Like you know, I feel like the all famous Faramir quote: "The I do not love the bright sword for its sharpness, nor the arrow for its swiftness, nor the warrior for his glory. I love." Only that which they defend, which is such like a again him like Tolkien pitting them. I'm mean, not pitting them against each other, but kind of putting them on these. They're just contrasting sides of the spectrum. characters. Yes, yeah. yeah. I was like, it's such a good analog to the way that Faramir obviously feels about yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so again, these qualities being fearless and strong, he he doesn't care about having a love life. These aren't necessarily bad things, mm-hmm. um, but when you put all of your eggs into this being fearless and strong mm-hmm. basket, yep. that's that's when it becomes an issue, and that's mm-hmm. like what the ring kind of plays in on. Yes, yeah. What I what I love and what I respect just like to my core is that there was this bit, there was a huge opportunity for there to be this rivalry between Faramir and Boromir. Mm -hmm. Boromir easily, he's the older brother. Um, Like even take out all the other dynamics, like just being an older sibling. Oh yeah. And is enough to instill like a sense of rivalry. Yeah. He obviously could have been just like Denethor and, and belittled Faramir and been against him too. Yeah. But like he knew he was the favorite Mm-hmm. He is, you know, he is more this ideal image of like the strong, fearless, you know, Gondor soldier. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, 
But he it says there was a great love between the brothers and had been since childhood when Boromir was the helper and protector of Faramir. Yes. I love that he throws that in as in protector, which it makes me think that I that not only does Boromir notice the way that his father treats Faramir, but it almost seems like he will he kind of puts himself between them and mm-hmm. kind of tries his best to shield Faramir from, mm. you know, things his father does and says. And I feel like you see that in the extended edition. I think it's in Return of the King where they have that flashback right before Boromir leaves to go mm-hmm. to the Council of Elrond where they're like, oh, you know, he's coming. And you can tell that Boromir has this sense of Faramir's kind of sadness and discomfort over yeah. the way that his father treats him. Yeah. I mean, it easily he- could be that he's like, all right, dad's here. He's going to yes. come and praise me for right. being but so awesome. But he doesn't feel that way about it. He, yeah. it, It's almost like he kind of resents the favoritism. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that's at least the way I like to think it comes across. I think, I think he dislikes obviously that his father is so cruel to Faramir but I think he subconsciously is always going to be taking in that praise because of his 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 love of of being a soldier and being a leader yeah his knowledge of his role as the future steward of Gondor like it's like you know yeah yeah his duty will always be to like protect Gondor and lead Gondor yeah yeah so helper and protector these I would also say are like traditionally masculine roles that again are not necessarily bad but something that when they are exaggerated and preyed upon and like when the darkness of the ring and the power of the ring touches those aspects and it said you know and like it says to Boromir it turns these aspects within him and says, like, you can save Gondor. You can save yep. the world. Like, you, you've you already done so much and saved so many people. You can do that. You just need a little help. And that's from all that me. he's been taught to care about. Yes. That he's all that's, all, that's all he's been taught that matters. Yeah. And conversely, when Faramir tries to venture into things other than that, he's like, chastised and looked down upon Mm -hmm. for that um and so i can definitely see where boromir is like this is what we're supposed to like and do and how we're supposed to act so that's what i'm gonna do and i'm not necessarily going to question it Um, right because he he falls into those roles so naturally Mm -hmm. oh uh one one more thing um it's really sweet, I think, that so it talks about how both Boromir and Faramir are kind of like equally loved by the people of Gondor, but it's kind of phrased in a way that it's like Boromir looked at Faramir and saw him as the more popular one and saw uh-huh. him as like the more beloved mm-hmm. and vice versa. That like Faramir right. looks at Boromir <laughs> and thinks he's the most loved in Gondor. Yes. <laughs> and I think that like that's so sweet that they're willing to see like the best of each other. Yeah. I feel like he's the only one, at least in his family, that for Faramir that sees him that way. Yeah. Obviously oh my god, not. <laughs> oh, it hurts my heart. Yes. Yeah. Where it's like you're sad like for Boromir's death, I'm never sad for Denethor. I'm always sad for Faramir. Oh, Harper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so hard because his, his like, one champion in the world for himself, Literally. his one, yeah, helper and protector in this world is gone. 
Um, I think it's interesting that so both Borm flashing forward to like the events of, you know, the the ring happening. Um, Faramir has this dream pretty vividly, pretty regularly, and Boromir has it one time, and it's this one time that pushes Denethor to be like, yeah, let's go investigate this. Uh. <laughs> if, if, but also, it might be kind of a dig on, on Boromir's maybe, like, not intelligence, but just, like, like it, it says that Faramir has this farsighted ability that Denethor has, but it kind of, like, skipped Boromir. So I can also see it being like, man, if even Boromir is having this dream, <laughs> that probably yes. means we should investigate it. There's actually, there's a good quote from, I think it's letter 281, where he says of, Den- Tolkien says of Denethor, whatever be his ancestry, by some chance, the blood of the men of Westerness runs true in him as it does in his other son, Faramir, and yet not in Boromir, whom he loved most. They have a long sight. So it's he talks about Faramir's this like second sight that he has that again Tolkien uses to set Faramir apart from these men of Gondor and kind of group him in more with Aragorn and the men of the West. But I do yeah, I do think it is funny that he says, even though Boromir does not have the sight, he still loves Boromir more. And it's just kind of proves that like Faramir's ability to see further into situations and like make better wiser decisions is due to this you know correlation he has with the men of Numenor which because Boromir lacks he obviously makes his mind up you know more rashly and is less likely to listen to outside opinion like he's set Mm -hmm. he's set in his ways because he doesn't have this gift of seeing other points of view I guess There's a a difference here from the book and the movie where in the movie, uh, Boromir is like, I don't think we should go to Rivendell. And Faramir is like, I'll go. And then Denethor, you know, like really puts him down. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't trust you to go. It has to be Boromir. Right. <laughs> but in, in the book, uh, Faramir, I think it's like, it's actually really cute that Faramir, I can just imagine him being so, he's like, oh, we have to go to Rivendell? Awesome, I'm there. And doesn't necessarily, mm-hmm. he's so enamored with this idea of like conversing with the elves mm-hmm. and like finding the answer that he doesn't necessarily think about like the path to get there. And Boromir yeah. probably doesn't care much about like what is the answer to this riddle. He steps in and says, it's going to be very dangerous and him being the protector of Faramir, yes. he insists that he should go um, mm-hmm. so that Faramir is not put in danger. Right. And so that's why Boromir ends up at the Council of Elrond rather than Faramir, which again yes. leads to like such an such a cool like alternative universe idea of like, or, like what, what would what happen if Faramir, if Faramir had went. gone instead. Yeah. Like what like would he have resisted the ring? At that moment mm. in time, did he need, like, was Boromir's death something that he needed to know about in order to resist the, re- you know, like, there's just, mm-hmm. like, so many, like, kind of, like, domino effect things of, like, yes. would the same things have happened if Faramir had mm. gone? Would it have been, di- yeah, just, like. Like, how how would it have been different yes. had Boromir not been, like, no, I'm the older brother, this is my job to go. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. 
also, so this is when, you know, everything we just talked about is like backstory to Boromir. It's appendices stuff. It's stuff that you learn later because when you fir- then you first meet him in the Council of Elrond and the first impression you kind of get from him is that he's he's very brash. He <laughs> just kind of like speaks up and says his you know says his piece when Aragorn se- presents the the sword Boromir says like and who are you and why have you not been in Gondor like I haven't <laughs> seen you in Minas Tirith and right. you kind of get you, you get this impression that he like judges Aragorn for not being in Gondor to mm-hmm. lead and protect mm-hmm. their people when Boromir right. has been doing that and mm-hmm. for someone who has a very narrow view of how men in this world should act, he's seeing Aragorn not acting in that way and in that capacity. Oh, yeah. He totally starts out with, like, zero respect for the guy. And then, obviously, you see he does grow to respect him and see him as the true king. Yes. But that takes, you know, he has to spend time it's a with him. It's yeah. not like a yeah. yeah. It's not like a thing that he automatically had for him because, like you said, of these like kind of rigid ideas he has about leadership. Yes. So finally, the over over the course of I forget, I forget how long it is that they're like from Rivendell to the time that the Fellowship breaks up, but it's only like a few weeks or a few months. But um, yeah. over the course of these weeks, um, he's in proximity to the ring. And the ring, I can imagine Sauron, you know, however the, the like, temptation works. Yeah, but, like, if the like, ring was going to pick anybody in the group, it's going to yeah, pick It's going to pick Boromir. Because the, he's the weak link. <laughs> I think he, yeah, he's the most vulnerable. I think he's mm, the most mm-hmm. susceptible because Definitely. of these traits that he has that have mm-hmm. been passed down to him from Denethor, that have been instilled in him by society, that have been encouraged um, throughout, you know, his childhood and growing up into into a man that mm-hmm. being being brave, being fearless, being a protector and a soldier and a leader. These are things that when Sauron taps into that and manipulates those feelings, it leads Boromir down a very bad path. Yes. Oh, it's like just like the ring race. I mean, and it's something that like, you know, even characters like Galadriel and Gandalf acknowledge that, like, like Boromir wanted to do, they would also take the ring and and have intentions to use it for good. But because it's the ring, it's yeah. just not possible. That's not <laughs> going to happen. Yeah, and that and like that's the huge difference of what happens. Yeah, Boromir believes again. He believes he's going to be the exception. That he is going yes. to. He's like, well, I, the ring isn't going to influence me badly because I'm going to use it for good. Like I don't want right. to necessarily rule. Like yes, I I do imagine myself as you know storming into Gondor and saving the day and being this hero, but I don't want to rule with an iron fist over my people. I just want to save them. And people like Galadriel and people like Gandalf have the wisdom to listen to other people. And when other people (laughs) say, I know you want to use the ring for good, but it's not possible, they believe them. But Boromir, I think, even like he's hearing what Elrond's saying, but he is like, but maybe, maybe right. it won't be like that for me. And so right. that leads to him attacking and scaring off Frodo, which ultimately leads to the breaking of the fellowship. He's 
ultimately, like, yes, he saves their lives, but he's ultimately unable to protect Mary and Pippin from being captured. Like, they're still taken away. Of course, then he dies. <laughs> Rip. Right. Rest in peace. <laughs> and now going to our wonderful sweet angel Faramir <laughs> an hour later <laughs> no wrong I know you're like uh we're gonna talk for like 30 minutes no, <laughs> no. Faramir so we've just talked about all these things about Denethor about Boromir and I feel like as you move from Denethor to Boromir like these things kind of weaken you know and like Boromir is more able to be himself and and not let these like negative qualities you know drag him down or not like fixate on these things too much and so it kind of like it lessens with each you know generation a bit and so Mm -hmm. when it gets to Faramir he is able to break this like these like generational expectations that have been passed down through the line of stewards and passed down Mm -hmm. from Denethor to Boromir. But he breaks this cycle and recognizes when he is presented with the ring, Mm -hmm. he recognizes this is not my place in the world to come in and be the protector and be the hero of Gondor. That that like that is for someone else, yes. um, because he does not have this desire for power within him, right. which is just I think points to his it being such a nature thing. Because I feel like a lot of times with when you're talking about characters and their their goodness or badness or whatever, there's a lot of like nature and nurture aspects yeah. to it. And for me, why Faramir is in my opinion, a a gooder character than someone like Aragorn or Sam is because he has everything stacked against him. They don't have... Sam is a hobbit. He has nothing preventing him from being a good person. Aragorn has, like, been raised his whole life with the knowledge that he's the king and he's from this line and he's going to he has like world, a support system he has a support system he has <laughs> literally he's raised by elrond essentially like he yeah has everything he has people to go in to his for favor. guidance yes and faramir literally oh. has nothing and no one and he manages to do something that nobody else does and i also yeah. think his Going back to his, like, second sight, he also is just himself interested in the past and in the history of of Gondor and, like, Numenor. And that's something that you get the sense of when he's talking to Frodo and when he does officially reject the ring is, like, you know that he knows all of this history. And that's something that Boromir didn't and or wouldn't have thought to consider because he mentions like the um Isildur's bane he mentions like you know everything that happened with Isildur and and all of these legends that he's grown up hearing and that is one of the reasons why he has the wisdom to reject the ring is because he knows he he does he's not laboring under this false impression that Boromir is that by just like brute force or strength that he's going to overpower this, you know, this ring, this supremely evil object. He's like, no, I've read the history books. I know what happens when you touch this thing and I'm not going anywhere near it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I get this impression. So we said, we've, we've said a lot about how Denethor and Boromir are similar, 
But I get this impression that Faramir and Denethor are also very similar, but that Faramir, kind of what you were saying earlier, that like Boromir is not, he he lacks a lot of self-awareness. And so he's Mm. not going to question these qualities that he has. And he's going to look at Denethor and be like, no, I'm not my father. (laughs) But I think Faramir recognizes a lot of instances in which he is his father and they share a lot of similar traits. Um, For example, this like second sight. Mm -hmm. And it says, Faramir read the hearts of men as shrewdly as his father, but what he read moved him, moved him sooner to pity than to scorn. So he Best is voice. using these traits to like see the good in other people mm-hmm. and to empathize with them rather than to find ways like find reasons to not trust them or like find yes. reasons to like turn against them or think right. badly of them. Well, he even he even acknowledges to Frodo and he says like I can well believe that Boromir the proud and fearless, often rash, ever anxious for the victory of Minas Tirith, might desire such a thing and be allured by it. Alas, that he ever went on that errand. So, like, he acknowledges that if this is, like, Boromir's downfall, he didn't do it for the wrong reasons. Like, he is, he is he's aware of these traits of his brother that may yeah. cause him to be tempted. And he also acknowledges that he's not doing it for any reason other than to save the city. And yes that that would have been his goal. His goal wouldn't have been to like, you know, go crazy and yeah. take over the but world. But that's always how it starts, isn't it? Right. <laughs> uh, like we mentioned, Faramir, uh, I mean, Denethor disliked Gandalf and the fact that Faramir is so interested in like scholarly <laughs> pursuits yeah. he, and he seeks out Gandalf a lot in his mm-hmm. childhood. That's got to be when like Denethor's resentment for him started. Right? And then I'm sure that like, since Denethor is kind of under the influence of the Palantir, that like it just only grew and worsened from there, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he is gentle and bearing, a lover of lore and music. And this is perhaps why people perceived that he wasn't as strong and as brave as Boromir. Right. But he was equally as, you know, strong and noble and everything, but he did not seek glory and danger without a purpose. And so yeah. the way I interpret this is that Boromir is, you call Boromir and you're crying and he's like, all right, who are we beating up? You know, <laughs> and he just immediately goes and beats up like the first person he can find. <laughs> you call it Faramir, you're crying. Faramir's also going to go beat up someone. But he's mm-hmm. going to ask what happened first. <laughs> Faramir's yes. going to be like, let's get to the issue. What happened? And you see this when he, um, this is where I'm going to move to talking specifically about the book <laughs> and not the movie, yes. which is a different choice mm-hmm. that I uh, I don't think I'll ever get over, um, which is fine. <laughs> Something Sometimes sometimes the things you love just don't, just don't uh, see you know the the beautiful end that you were expecting. see we have um, this is where we differ in opinions yeah i don't mind movie fair mirror i mean i acknowledge that i see here's the thing better, is that, like i'm gonna I, love him in I would any defend iteration <laughs> yeah i'm gonna love him in every iteration that he is adapted into yes <laughs> but i know but like looking at the book and like knowing what it is originally and that it's i i just think it's so much better <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it is. So um, anyway, so he encounters Sam and Frodo. And at first, he's vi- like, he's very like stern with them. He's a little bit scary. They're like, not sure what to make of him. Um, he's kind of like interrogating them really intensely. And it's not because he, di- I mean, like he kind of has a a reason to not trust people that he runs into in this area mm-hmm. of the land because they're right. so close to Mordor, you know, that yeah. like it, it's his duty. It is his job as the captain of these rangers and these, you know, uh, soldiers or whatever. It's his job to be that um thorough that I guess that's it to it's okay, his yeah. job to be that thorough in trying to find out who these people are what are they doing what, what are their want? intentions because <laughs> yes. if it is bad people that has consequences for him and definitely the people that he you know leads but once he finds out the truth and learns like who they are where they've been and they say here's this evil ring it has to be destroyed do not be tempted to use it for good because your brother tried to do that very same thing and he died because of it. Mm-hmm. And exactly like you just read that Faramir almost immediately is like, I 100% like, I believe you. I believe you that he was tempted by the ring because I love my brother, but also he has, he kind of lacks impulse tendencies. control. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So I I believe that. And we also know that he holds his brother in such high regard. And Boromir is held in such high regard in Gondor that he has he has to be learning this. They already know that Boromir has died when they when they meet Frodo and Sam because he showed up in a boat. (laughs) Right. Um, So they already know he's died. They didn't know how. But now that they're learning uh, what led to it, it, he's like, if like this ring must truly be terrible if it turned my brother yes. into this kind of pr- that like oh yeah it it confirms all of these things he's read like yeah. he's all of these stories that he's grown up hearing about a sealed door he's like okay this confirms he's like what yeah I thought it was yeah, these weird yeah. histories <laughs> mentioned something about like Isildur's bane and then like mm-hmm. Isildur disappeared but like it's kind of iffy about what exactly happened and yes yeah and he's like okay that. putting the pieces together <laughs> yeah yeah and like the fact that again he has this image in his head of who Boromir is and then he mm-hmm. asks Frodo and Sam like was Boromir a friend to you and Frodo is like well <laughs> he's like I guess I mean mm-hmm. yeah I think I would can I'd consider him a friend sure yeah right. maybe and he's like okay what's up with that why are you right. you know um and then of course this is when he says I would not take this thing if it lay on the highway not if Minas Tirith were in ruining in ruin and I alone could save her um and then he also, this is also when he says that, like, he recognizes that he is not the one. He is not meant to be the one to unite Gondor mm-hmm. and bring, like, the glory. Like, this glor- former glory of Gondor is not his. It's yes. Aragorn's. Well, and that's something that I love so much about that quote is he says, like, I like using the weapon of the Dark Lord for her good and my glory. Nor do I wish 
for such triumphs. Such triumphs, yeah. So it's it, like yeah, it literally twofold. says he does not what whatever the quote I said earlier about like he does not fight with the sword for glory, you know? Yes. Like he just doesn't want any of that. It's this, it's just yes, it's this twofold of like he knows the history, he has this second sight, this wisdom to not use it, but also he does not wish for the same things that Boromir did. He's not tempted by the prospect of potentially saving Minas Tirith and getting all of this glory. Like, that's not something he cares for. And that's also something that I find so satisfying about his ending is that the one person who did not strive Mm. for power and did not strive for a position of authority, like, ends up in one because simply because he was good. And yeah. by by no by no other, you know, he he didn't have some glorious triumph in battle. He was just good. And that is yeah. how he becomes the prince of Italy. And I don't know if that's jumping yeah. ahead, but yeah. I just that's something like that I love it's so full circle about his story and that it's kind of like, I mean, it's it's the people who don't want power who should be in power. Exactly. Know? Yes. That's Which the is like way to the, say it. <laughs> you know, which is the issue. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> of of everything. Which is that yeah, the people the people who should be in power will never run to be in positions of power. <laughs> right. Exactly. So <laughs> he says, I would see the white tree in flower again in the courts of the kings, and the silver crown return, and Minas Tirith in peace. Um, war must be while we defend our lives against a destroyer who would devour all. But I do not love the bright sword for its sharpness, nor the arrow for its swiftness, nor the warrior for his glory. I only, I love only that which they defend, the city of the men of Numenor. And yeah, the, just the, I would see the silver crown return. He is saying the exact opposite thing of what Denethor Mm -hmm. would say. Oh, exactly. Because Denethor wanted to hold on to that power, and Faramir, at 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 the at any opportunity, always gives deference to Aragorn, and that's why he is always lumped in with the men of Numenor, the men like Aragorn, and not with these kind of like lower men of Middle Earth that that this this great bloodline has been bred out of them. Like he. Whether because those traits still run in his blood or whether or not just because of his personality, he kind of like deserves them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that, that's just like such a, a key moment that I am just disappointed did not play out in the movies. Um, we'll, yes. we'll leave it with that. <laughs> I mean, you see him kind of being supportive at the coronation, but I think in the book he like leads it. Like he's the one who kind of crowns Aragorn. Oh, oh sorry. I was uh, I was thinking just like generally about like the scene with the ring. Oh. Sorry, not <laughs> not that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like glossing over the heartbreaking parts of Return of the King where like he's confronting his father like seeing him for the first time since Boromir's died. Mm-hmm. Denethor says, "I wish it was you instead of instead of Boromir." Mm-hmm. And he is so Honor, I think like he's so honorable that yes. he oh actually and this is not this is a he point. just kind of takes that this is a point like he's like that I did not even plan <laughs> but it has just occurred to me about how this idea that toxic masculinity is punished when Denethor orders him and the troop to go back to Osgiliath and they know it's a suicide mission and and Faramir 
acts on his father's wishes and the the like noble thing to do the honorable thing to do is to listen to the steward follow orders go out and be a brave soldier and fight in this battle gandalf said you know gandalf is trying to give him last bit of counsel and says like do not do this like your father loves you but like this is not the way forward and he yeah. ign- like these are things this is a time when faramir's doing things on behalf of his father because he's trying to please his father because his dad just told him, I wish you were dead. And he's like, well, I'll try to please mm-hmm. you by dying. Right. <laughs> and right. so he Literally. goes out to battle and everyone is killed except for him. And he is on mm-hmm. his deathbed and to the point mm-hmm. that Denethor believes him dead. So that's just like the instance where these where he follows and falls into these constructs of traditional masculinity, that instance is then punished. It's like instant karma. Yes, exactly. For the toxic where where it's Tolkien like- is saying, like, <laughs> this is not the way This to is be. what happens. <laughs> this is not right. the way to do things. Yeah. Right. And then uh when he mm, this moment. Ah. So he wakes up in the houses of healing later. Aragorn has just healed him. He has not met this guy. He has not ever met him. But he Mm -hmm. knows in his heart of hearts that it was the king of Gondor who just saved Mm -hmm. him from the brink of death. And the first thing he says is, I heard my lord call me, uh, come and tell me, like, what do you command? And I'll do it immediately, which is like just something that like comparing it with Boromir's first interaction with Aragorn yes. where he was like who He's do you think you like, are kind of threatened yes. and defensive and Faramir recognizes that he has healed him because the, the the you know the healing hands of the king of Gondor that he has this ability um he the fact that he immediately recognizes that and sh- like i said the showing of deference not because of Aragorn's you know show of of willpower or authority over him but because aragorn performed this service for him this act of kindness that is what causes like it literally makes me emotional it's like the fact that there's this such a positive showing of like like respect between men that's not based off of something that has anything to do with showing of power over Mm -hmm. one another Yeah, it's not this like standoff <laughs> that it would have been. That it, right, that it, it was wasn't like a you know Aragorn. I respect you because you I beat you in battle or you beat me in battle. Like it, it's I respect you and and show deference to you because I recognize that you are the true king because you healed me, yeah. and you saved me. Like, like you just... were the one who is supposed to be here, who is supposed to be uniting these people, who yes. is supposed to bring. And I will, I will do what. Yeah, you know, and like I am happy to, to be to a a piece in this. I do not want yes. to be the leader. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But he's he's so much more like the the willingness to to follow Aragorn versus his father. Yes, <laughs> like. He only ever does what what Denethor wants when that's literally his last resort. He's like, well, I mean, he wants me dead. Might as well. It's like sort of like he's hit this limit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just real quickly talking about his relationship with Aowen. It's gr- granted 
there are still elements of the way that it was written in the book that I don't appreciate where it's like, oh, what Eowyn really needed to heal her was a, a man. Right. <laughs> like, oh, it was love. Yeah. That, like the moment where it's like, and then they kissed upon the parapet for everyone to see. And he said, lo, it is the lady of Rohan. See how she is healed. And it's like, no, no, I think there's more to right. healing and grieving and depression than just falling in love with someone, but that's nice. <laughs> it's something that that's so funny to me that I, I feel like in years past that it definitely comes across more of like a, oh, well, that's lame. Like she only hangs up her sword and gives yeah. up on this quest because a man came around. But I feel like we're in this age, at least right now, like with all of these new Disney princess movies where like the Disney princesses can't have a relationship and still be strong and there's this like really masculine focus on making strong women be like you like you know what i'm saying like it feels like media only is like this is what we talked about in the women specifically that like she is a character that you see as being strong and fighting but she also is still able to maintain her femininity um, and that's something right. that and that's something that I appreciate because I feel like that's kind of been like washed out of a lot of mm. strong female stories now where it's like women are only seen as strong if they're if they exhibit masculine characteristics. And it's like, mm, well, no, like you can you can be in love and still be a strong person. And I think with Eowyn's story specifically, it's like she is consumed by the same type of like lust for glory that Boromir yeah. is and it's not necessarily like he's he's stripped that from her it's like she's realized she's realized that that's not actually a a, a healthy path yeah. to be on and she's realized that it's not the end all be all to just be a, a a warrior and die in battle that she does want more from life and that so uh, there's like two sides yeah of it exactly for me. Like exactly it, it is a it's, little it's bit a like, moment where eh. she's realizing like oh there's actually a lot more to live for <laughs> like the right. old, like there because again what she said now we're going back to like <laughs> the conversation about aom which is fine but like it goes back to her <laughs> saying like i'm you know, I fear a cage and I fear being trapped yes. into this one singular role of like uh, of being set on this path of like I'm supposed to marry and then I'm supposed to uh, have babies and I'm supposed to be a mom and I'm supposed to be a doting wife. And then like that's all I'm supposed to do. And she yeah, wants she more wants than more that. than that. But she wants it to a point where she's willing to be reckless in pursuit of it. Yes. And so anyway, and so like, uh, so so like those, this, this idea that like what she really needed to heal was a man all along. That's something that like, that that's an aspect of the story that I don't appreciate. But I right. appreciate that their little like romance story is told with such like gentleness and that, like, it's not this, it, like, Faramir is not, like, this suave, you know, romance hero. He's not, you know, right. he's not trying to woo her and he's not trying to, like, mm -hmm. seduce her and he's not trying to trick her or, you know, putting on a show to impress her. Like, he, what's nice and what's so, and, and I think, 
Tolkien does this really well with all of his romance stories where he sees this like level of like gentleness and connection between both, Mm -hmm. you know, partners that like the thing that has them end up together is that they spend days walking the gardens together and like talking and, you know, like healing together. It's founded, their relationship is founded on friendship and this bond they have this shared trauma almost um and like mutual understanding of each other's struggles yeah and you know i feel like their 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 pasts lend them both really well to understanding one another and understanding each other yeah and i think i've said that like they are the only two who deserve each other like if I was they going to choose right. someone for Aowen to end up with, it would be Faramir. And if I was going to choose anyone for Faramir, it would be Aowen. And, like, they right. are exactly what they need in each other. Yes. And that's something that, like, I like. I feel like as a woman, I would love if, if I can – if I could say, like, one thing about, about toxic masculinity or just – the way masculinity is Oh, we've said uh, an hour and a half's worth of of things by now. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, if there was something I could say, it would be the fact that, like, the... What this what society tells you that women like in men is actually wrong, yes. and that's just what men like in other yes, men. Yes, that is something what we would call like the male men. gaze. <laughs> yes, and it's not just about like how men view women; it's about how men view men. And this is yes. this is evidenced by scrolling through dating apps when <laughs> I see so many profiles. Uh, you would be so amazed how many guys exist out there and their entire profiles, they don't have a single smile. It's just them yeah. like smoldering or being serious or yeah. they're like flexing or they're in the gym or yeah. they're doing things that they think men should be. And it right. is not, I mean, like for some women, for yeah. some people, that's what they want. That's great. But, like, what I want to see is, like, you being, like, silly and goofy and that, like, you have friends and you are reading and, you know, you are spending time with your family or whatever. Like Exactly. (laughs) That's just something that I just so badly wish I could I could tell them and explain to them in a way that 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 they wouldn't get like defensive about it just I just want to shake them and be like you have been lied to like this is not what women value and I think that's such an important lesson about Faramir because his failure is what makes him a more attractive man it's it's the fact that you know his father sees him as lesser and it's because he's not as good of a soldier and he's not as he doesn't have this like bravado, this desire for glory and power. And that's what actually ends up making him a better person and a better partner for Eowyn. Like that's why he is what she yeah. needs and what she deserves. Because in that she... And I'm just like... Because <laughs> she, you know, it's kind of like, you know, implied, hinted at that that she wanted to be with Aragorn, but that is exactly. not what she needed because going down this no. path of like glory and being a leader of over you know a group of people is not healthy for her and so right i always see such a good parallel between eowyn and faramir and aragorn and the hunger games 
with Gail, Katniss, and Peeta, where it's like Katniss needed Peeta. Yeah. She needed the gentleness. She needed the the softness. She did not need Gail's fire. And yeah. I feel like, I mean, not to and say you know that Aragorn is That's like Gail, exactly but- <laughs> what I said about Sam and Frodo. <gasps> is it really? What Frodo, when they're in Mordor, what Frodo need, he didn't need, you know, Boromir yelling at him to use the ring. He didn't need Gandalf <laughs> right. instructing him. He didn't need Aragorn. What he needed in that moment was someone was like Sam. Sam who was going who was just going to save to give him affection and going to encourage him and was going to carry him up the mountain. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, so I want to yeah. say that kind of brings the conversation full circle, but I think at this point, this yes. is going to end up being its own episode. So <laughs> as much as I hate that Sorry. I did one episode for women and now I'm going to do two for men. <laughs> it's just it's just the fact that there's more of them. Yeah, there's more of them. I think there's just there's just like so much more density mm-hmm. of content to discuss yes there's a little bit more complexity, but um which and that's just i mean i keep saying it but it's thing. like a testament to <laughs> tolkien and what he wrote mm-hmm. that you know we can mm-hmm. spend an hour and a half talking about three characters and there's right. still stuff so i feel like that and they're so complex yeah. Oh, yeah. There's probably still somebody is listening to this right now being you like, about this? why didn't you mention? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I get like, who? What? A, like, I, I feel like a catharsis. I feel a weight yes. lifted off my shoulders because these are like ideas and things that I have been wanting to go into detail about, like ever yes. since I saw two towers and saw what peter jackson the the choices that he made and i was like no you don't understand (laughs) yes i i do feel like i'm not sure why but people do tend to to overlook faramir and i mean which is like you know perfect that's exactly what happens in his life poor (laughs) buddy poor buddy Everybody's like going for for Sam and Aragorn as their favorite characters. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, Faramir literally goes through this trial by fire. He has all of these trials and tribulations. And he comes out the other side a, a kinder person, a wiser person. I think Tolkien says about him that he's modest, fair-minded, and scrupulously just and very merciful. He just, he has all of these just wonderful characteristics that are that are so heroic but they aren't heroic in a in a glory exactly and, battle and like that's he literally that, that's what it comes back to this, is that he mm-hmm. he he is i think just like one of the best characters in the whole series and he is, he is. the he, he he does not follow these traditional paths and like milestones no. of, of masculinity no. and He's, he's emerges on the other side better for it. Yeah. Gentle. He's his his selflessness in this I'm gonna die alone, brutal, you know, horrible, <laughs> horrible circumstances that he's put in by his family and just by being in the story. Um, I don't know. He just he is the ultimate male role. He is model the ultimate man. Not, I'm gonna die alone and because I have these false not expectations arrogant. of what men should look <laughs> be like. I should update that for my dating 
profile bio to to be like would you resist the one <laughs> ring would you would you pick up like, the one ring if it lay on the highway not if <laughs> Mina's tears were in ruin and you alone yeah, could save her. like who is that's that's your like your your opener it's like who is your male role model and if they say anything other see than this is why instantly this is why and people block. are like i don't understand i think that's really harsh but this is why i say i think it's a red flag when people especially guys pick boromir as their favorite character <laughs> Like, I think yeah. he's, I think you can say, yeah, he's a really fascinating character. He's interesting there. He has an, he has a very, obviously, we just talked about it for an hour and a half, very interesting story and dynamics, but there's just so many other characters you can choose yeah. that there's actually, are better. My mom is a big people. Lord of the, oh yeah. My, something like my mom wrote me a letter on my wedding day and she's a big Lord of the Rings fan. And she talked about how like. I I had to go through all of the Aragorns and the Boromirs of the world to find my oh. Faramir. <laughs> like you do find these other analogs to I mean, not to say like Aragorn's a bad person. You should always inspire to be like Aragorn, but basically to say like, you know, all these people that were wrong for me until I until found, you my found your Faramir. But, yeah. Oh, that's great. You know, like, Anybody who you can compare to Faramir is an immediate immediate win. <laughs> immediate win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Emily, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I, girl, I was trying girl, to be concise. <laughs> I feel like you are sitting in darkness now. <laughs> the room you are in has gotten I dark. On. <laughs> I should have. I lamp on from the beginning, but you know, the, like, it is oh it is. man, I, I mean, like, I guess I just extended this podcast by another week because uh, I've added another episode, so that's fine. You know, ultimately, it's fine. I don't think anyone will complain, but like, right. oh, that's just so funny, and I, sh- I should have expected it from us, you know? Yeah. I, I, I personally, I did. I was like, there's you no were, way. We're you were just going to gonna talk about like, Faramir. Yeah, 30 minutes and you're like, girl, <laughs> that, that's cute. <laughs> like, in she my head, I was like, be 30 minutes. I knew, I knew that we were going to talk at least an hour, maybe more. <laughs> so no, no shocks, no surprises here. I didn't, I don't have anything planned. I, my whole evening, I was like, Faramir. Oh, that's great. And that's board. why I brought you on for all of these reasons. <laughs> What are you up to? Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, Which gosh. probably hasn't I'm... changed in like the three weeks since you were last on. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I will, might possibly be streaming some Tears of the oh Kingdom God, yes. when I get it because I love that game. And I made, I've made a couple of Breath of the Wild related videos on over on my Instagram, which is summer emily i've been more active there than tiktok as of late but um my tiktok is currently all um taylor swift and lord of the rings related so (laughs) if you have ever seen a taylor swift lord of the rings mashup content probably by you page it is literally probably me (laughs) i think i am the niche but i've got lots of lots of people who are supporting so that's exciting so yeah um legend zelda Taylor Swift content yes. um, mixed up with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Come on over. It's Silmar Emily literally everywhere on every Amazing. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this, by the way, on Tears of the Kingdom Eve. 
listeners. Literally. So. I, I've, I've seen, I've scrolled past like five people live streaming it because it's already out in Australia Yeah, and well, New and Zealand. I think, um, I think also like, some ah, people no got, uh, like reviewers or something got, you know, early access to. And I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I saw like a live on TikTok and I was like, yes. I've seen a couple of them. I was like, I'm so confused. Wait a minute. That doesn't look familiar. I was like, that looks, where is that? And then I was like, they're playing. And I immediately scrolled past it. I was like, I "I don't want to know. I know. I don't want, I mean, it's like, I want to watch, but I also don't want to spoil it for myself. Like I want, I want to experience it. Yeah. I, um, absolutely. So I, I wanted, I want a physical copy. I have one. Yeah. I can't, I do. I, the digital download, I have a really old switch. And I was like, I don't trust my switches. I don't, yeah, I don't want to risk ever right. running out of room. <laughs> I don't want to risk yeah. like something crashing and me lose. So yes, I am waiting on a physical copy in the mail. So I probably won't get it until a I know. Bit so, later well, than here's how insane I am. So I also pre-ordered it. Um, I've been like very rudely. GameStop sent me an email this morning that said your order is on the way. And I went to check it and it just said like, your order is in progress. That's it's what literally exactly sh- what mine says. And I was like, why would you send an email that says it's on the way? That is exactly what mine says. I keep checking and there's Can no tracking information. Can we stop sending shipping confirmation emails when all they've done is created the label, you know? Thank you. I hate it. I get so excited and I go there and it's like label created. But like the GameStop has not given me any tracking information yet. So I yeah, probably... I have nothing. So I don't think it's shipped yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Target tomorrow. And <gasps> if no, they, like and I'm going to buy it there. Uh-huh. And if it's sold out, that's fine. Like I have another yeah. copy coming. It's on the way. But you, like when the other one comes, you'll just more go days. and return it. <laughs> yeah, but if it's not sold out, I'm gonna buy it. I'll immediately have it, and then when the other copy arrives, I'll just go I and return it. <laughs> literally had not considered that, and I am a hundred percent going to go do that tomorrow. <laughs> yes, yes, and even what I'm even gonna I do. Should've... I'm I going to it see like in-store pickup or something. I'm so exactly. mad that I did. That's exactly yeah. What I'm gonna do is. I'm going to see if I can, like, in the morning, if I can buy it online for in-store pickup. Ah, um, but because this is, like, I don't know, that it might not allow for in-store pickup because yeah. it's a popular item or something. So yeah. we'll see. But that that's my plan is that yeah. I'm going to wake up tomorrow bright and er- – not bright and early because Target probably doesn't open till like, 11 like, o'clock anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see if I can buy it online and have it ready to pick up. And yeah. if not, then I'll just go and run to I think, the back of the store to the video I think game. that's the move. I think I'm literally going to see if I can like, <laughs> like cancel my order or something because I was very much lamenting that I'm also going out of town next week. And I was like, I'm already not going to get to play it for a week, but I want to at least have it for like tomorrow. Like, I want it. I want it. <laughs> I yeah. want it now. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm talking about's cover is by Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishon Designs. If you want to get merch for That's What I'm Talking About, you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash pod. You can follow the podcast on social media at pod, and you can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at mcwhatsup and on Instagram at mcturndownforwhat. If you want to support the podcast, you can become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash pod to explore the different levels of support that are available. Although I appreciate any level of support that you join, I will always give a special shout out to our sponsors, such as Taylor... Taylor, this podcast is made possible by wonderful people like you. Thank you. Okay, anyway, 
<laughs> we need to wrap this up. We'll be here forever. We'll make our own Zelda podcast next. I love that idea. <laughs> and, you know, uh, much like when uh, when Denethor, when, when Boromir died and Denethor kills himself and Faramir also, like, brink of death, there was also multiple tears of the kingdom there <gasps> as well. That's my tie-in. Oh for my that. gosh, she's just perfect tie-in. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle moment. Uh, do you have any parting words for the audience? If your favorite character isn't Faramir, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. <laughs>